Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Iz. I am. I've waited my entire life to talk about Larson Marcus. It is taking over my mind. I was so distracted by Larson Marcus during the entire Super Bowl that I didn't even go to a Super Bowl party. I was too nervous about that. And Beyonce on top of it, I actually had no choice but to just sit in my bed and I had to be on every device that I owned and I could not be distracted by other people. And I'm just being honest. Like I feel like everyone will understand and support my decision. No, listen, that was your truth. I mean, here's the thing. (laughs) On Tuesday's episode, right, that Julie and I recorded Monday night, we spent probably the last 20 minutes just deep diving this, right? Because at that point... Larson and Marcus had unfollowed each other. It looked like from what we were seeing, they were broken up. And we said, you know, it's always possible they could get back together. But at that point, it was like, oh shit, something bad must have happened. And the conversation we were having, Julie was asking me, like, what do you think? And I was like, honestly, I think these are two people that really love each other. However, I think number one, the kid thing could have potentially been an issue because as she said, she would do it if he wants to. She is down. However, like, She feels very fulfilled by her four kids. And also, as she said in one of the recent confessionals, she's basically giving him a year to decide, which I think if you're him, you may not want just a year. Like as we always talk about, guys have that freedom that in a lot of cases we don't have to just like do it on their own terms. He wants to be 50 years old and first start thinking about kids, he can. So there's that. And second of all, the potential familial pressure of like, as much as they both want to deny that Michael Jordan has any issues with it, I just don't know how you watch that paparazzi video and think that like everything's totally kosher. So those were my two biggest takeaways, right? Right. And then just a couple of days later, they're refollowing each other. They're spotted together on Valentine's Day. I mean, I want to get into every moment by moment angle, all of it, but like my head is spinning. And by the way, I'm saying this at the top of the episode, I need everyone to just DM your thoughts. Like they don't have to be fully formed, but anything you're thinking, I want as many potential theories. I want to just say and get this off my chest because it's really what was my initial reaction was I was so upset. Like, I think my first thing I said to you guys was, I feel like this is Kim and Croy all over again. And look, I'm not putting all my eggs in their basket. Like, I understand that, you know, it hasn't been that long. And also like, it's Larsa. But I just felt like, yeah, they were cringy. Yeah, say what you want. They were so fucking in love or they are still in love. And I just felt like it was such a match and I did not anticipate them breaking up in the slightest. I mean, even on Watch What Happens Live recently, they did a poll. Whose relationship will last longer? Larsa and Marcus or Lisa and Jody? And to me, no brainer. It was going to be Larsa and Marcus would last longer. And I'm not saying Lisa and Jody aren't like long endgame. It just, it feels so like right and so comfortable. And Both of them were so head over heels happy. And also we saw it in person a long time ago before they even confirmed that they were dating. And you just, you felt that love and support. So this was like legit devastating for me, but now they are really taking us on the merry-go-round. Like I thought this would be 
I don't know why I thought this, but I thought it would be more cut and dry. But now we have officially all boarded the roller coaster and there is no exit in sight. Well, the reason that you probably thought it would be more cut and dry is because they were the type where like, unless at least this was my view of it, unless something was really bad, they were not going to show a crack in the foundation, which is why people that were speculating that it was like a PR thing. My first response to that was like, I know in theory that would make so much sense because Lars does definitely not want to shy away from that. But I think they are so much about protecting you know, <laughs> what does Karen Huger call her and Ray? Like the institution? The institution, exactly. I'm not, not saying that I view this as an institution, but I think that if you're Larsa, you do. And so I think she was so wanting to like protect that, that I don't think that anything for PR, for clicks, whatever, would make her want to do that. That's why I felt, okay, if they're, if they're unfollowing each other, that's it. Like it must have gotten really bad. And I know where we are at current day, which is like them together on Valentine's Day. I want to get into that. But just to go back to over the weekend, what TMZ said, I have to read this verbatim. Lars Pippen and Marcus Jordan are calling a timeout on their relationship and the split comes after some issues cropped up between them, ones they're hoping to smooth out. Sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ, Lars and Marcus recently put a pause on dating while they worked through a bump in the road, with Larsa coming to the conclusion over the weekend that they needed to call things off, at least for the time being anyway. Now it's all grinding to a halt or at the minimum, a major slowdown. Although we're told Larsa and Marcus are still talking to each other as they try to figure out how they can move forward romantically. Now, our sources say the split wasn't caused by one specific thing. Instead, like all relationships, we're told Larsa and Marcus are simply in the middle of a rough patch, something we know they're trying to get on the same page about, dot, 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 trust. Okay, so then we have Valentine's Day, and we can separate Valentine's Day into Valentine's Day and Valentine's Night. Valentine's Day, they are spotted at Tria's Flowers in Miami, They're in line at the flower shop. And an eyewitness said they left the store with a huge vase and a bouquet of one or two dozen roses. Okay. That night, they go out on Valentine's night. And first of all, you know, she's, which I think was very intentional in a white dress, white Balenciaga with a massive diamond on her ring finger. And then like basically the same ring on her other finger. But as you pointed out, if you see these paparazzi photos, which obviously if you haven't seen them, we will put the link in the description. This is a woman who is putting her hand out for everyone to see. Like the ring visibility is just so intentional. Oh my, okay. The thing that's interesting about this also is that the photos of them in the morning at the florist came out like pretty soon after they were taken where the pictures of them out at night didn't really drop until the next day. So we were already just reeling over what is going on. They're at the flower shop together in the morning of Valentine's Day. And then to see that they went out to dinner at night, she's in a full white dress and literally flat hand to camera trying to show the jewelry off. I mean, it's sick diamonds, but... I, I we know one thing about Larsa Pippen. She's not putting a ring on that finger unintentionally and going out after this whole circus of unfollowing, following flowers, being seen with him, and you know, the the articles breaking. Like I, I feel like they're trying to give us a message and trying to take us on this road. I'm just not quite sure what it is. Like I don't really know what she's trying to accomplish. Is it trying to get the media? Is it trying to? I don't know, confuse everybody and bring them along on this squiggly road? Is it like, what, what is it? What, what is she trying to get at here? Because like you said earlier, based on what we've seen and based on like the 
you know, emergency PR she does internally whenever anyone brings up anything bad about what could potentially be going on in their relationship. It doesn't feel like this is something that she would want to purposely feed into. But then again, I just don't know. Like maybe she's loving the attention and they're just like sitting home together laughing. But again, why? She wants to appear as such a solid front. And I just don't see how this is at all benefiting her cause. Or are they really back and forth fighting like this and we're just kind of experiencing it in real time. Well, right, exactly. And to your point about, you know, well, I don't know, they're just kind of taking us on this ride with them. Like, I cannot express how much I am on this ride. I am fucking fast past six flags. Like, <laughs> I, I can't get off. I am king to cob. If like, I just, it, I'm just so fascinated by them. I'm sorry. I'm fully infatuated with them, with their relationship I think you can say a lot about it totally, but it's just like so interesting to me at the very least. And that is exactly, you know, where I'm at, what you said about like, I'm just so confused as to what is the why. And I can't necessarily get to that, which is why I'm kind of believing more of TMZ of like, maybe there really were issues that bubbled over and they, as much as they want to protect that and not show a crack in the foundation, like it was a, a response to the argument, you know, because a lot of people are also pointing and I don't, I don't know how I feel about this argument. Cause I, I don't think it's always indicative of this, but like, just to throw out other things that people are mentioning is, you know, they, they famously spoken about their sex life and how they have sex so many times a night and this, that, and people say like, is it possible that that could be representative of like a little bit toxicity? Not that there's anything toxic about that, but meaning like that they're so drawn back to each other because of the sexual pull, which like is a huge statement to make that could totally not be true. But like, I also wonder that that's something going through my mind of like, okay, was, was there really something that happened, but then they're back together in this big way because they're just so pulled to each other, you know, sexually, in addition to the other things, I don't know. My head is spinning. I just feel like we could come up with a million theories. And then even by tomorrow, by the time anyone's listening to this, there could be 10 more updates in the story. There could be more paparazzi pictures. There could be another cryptic quote on Lars's story, another photo of Marcus hanging out with his dad, which, you know, like it or not, is kind of intentionally a dig at Larsa and showing him spending time with his family. We'll get into this week's Miami, but again, of saying like Larsa's never even been with Michael since any of this started. Like there is so much. I just don't, I I can't pick up the message. Like the, the, the telephone line is broken. You know, we are playing broken telephone here. Wait for a second. I just want to go back to what you said about Marcus posting with Michael and like that, like it or not is kind of intentional. What I was saying to Julie on Tuesday's episode is like, if you are just now learning about all of this and someone says, yeah, you know, Marcus posting with his dad on, on the Super Bowl feels like a little bit of a fuck you to Lars. It's like, what do you mean? He's literally hanging out with his dad. And so I want to be careful that like, we may be so deep in this that we are, we're now assigning, you know, potential meaning behind something that is like literally him hanging out with his dad, someone that he's very close to and has a good relationship. It's more so that based on what we know, based on Michael's comments, based on what we're seeing on Miami it now feels like that a little bit specifically because it came the same day that they unfollowed one another. But I do want to be very clear that like, if Marcus just happens to post with his dad or with his family, I don't view that as a dig towards Larsa. I just think that it being on that specific day, given them unfollowing one another and the story she was posting of like, should your friends unfollow your ex after a breakup? I was like, okay, this feels intentional. 
Okay, obviously agree. I mean, you're coming from two girls who love hanging out with their dads and love posting their dads. So, (laughs) I mean, like Marcus just joined the club. It just (laughs) felt like it was deep in the heat of everything going down and that they probably had insane amount of story views that night. Like it was the crux of the drama that I just think Marcus is way smarter and was seeing Larsa stories and, you know, was posting that he wasn't with her. And then not only was he not with her that night, he happened to be with his family. I just think even if it's not specifically to say I'm with my dad, it's just to prove that he was having quality family time that night, perhaps in the midst of a breakup. Okay. Yes. No, we are, we are very much aligned. I just wanted to clarify that. But also another piece of this that I think is interesting to mention is Adriana and Julia were on Watch What Happens. Obviously, Andy starts off the episode with asking them what they think. They both said that they haven't really spoken to Larsa about it. Actually, Julia said she's currently not on speaking terms with Larsa. And of course, throughout the episode, Adriana makes a joke about like, well, if Marcus is single, you know, I'd be down. But the more interesting thing is they both make reference to, I guess, something that went down at their reunion. And you could see Andy was like so closely watching them to make sure they weren't going to reveal anything. But they both said, you know, we saw a different side of Marcus. And I guess it was specifically something that he said to the women or the way he spoke about them. But it it felt like, not that the, anything at the reunion made them expect this, because if anything, I think they felt they were heading more to engagement, but that they didn't like what they saw of him. So it was that kind of the vibe that you got? That was the vibe I got. I just don't know, like... I think both things are interesting. I just don't know if that necessarily relates to Larsa. Like, is it something that would actually change the trajectory of their relationship? I just, Larsa was so deep in it that it feels like, or my read of it was that he could have done absolutely anything to other people or whatever. And like, she felt so solid and in love that it almost wouldn't have mattered. So it will be interesting to see. And also they have the traders reunion coming up. What, what happens there? Oh my God. Yes. A fucking traitor's reunion. Wow. What? Wait, by the way, that feels personal. Right. You're telling me Larsa and Marcus are reuniting on camera and Phaedra is there? That is my heaven. No, that's like somebody did that for us. Yeah, no, no. That is best case scenario. By the way, Andy hosts the reunion. Okay. That's huge for the fucking community. Huge. The community being you, me, and anyone who has us in their AirPods right now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> our community. But but by the way, to your earlier point, I totally don't think that anything Adriana and Julia were saying about Marcus's behavior at the reunion is like relevant to Lars's view on him. I'm just saying more so interesting the way that they were alluding to what would have potentially gone down. But I totally agree with you. There were few things he could have done in my eyes that would have made her as, as you could say, get the ick. Exactly. Yeah. Like she was ick proof almost. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house. Like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but My two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be, are mascara and lip gloss. Maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy. But honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. 
It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Also, I felt like the timing of this week's Miami episode with what was going on was so just like meant to be because they were really prying for Larsa to share more. Like she kind of fake shares what's going on in her life. So when she came to that pickleball, she did not think she was going to be on the stand. And then here she is being asked point blank, what did you think about the video of Michael Jordan saying he doesn't approve of your relationship? And all she can say is, oh, he's just laughing. He's laughing. If you watch the video, he's laughing. And they're like, no, we want to know more. Talk about it. And again, back to Karen Huger Institution, it almost felt like the royal family, like, sorry, unless I put out a statement, I'm not, no further questions. Okay. So yes, very, very much so. And I do think that regardless of who was asking Larsa this, that would have been her reaction. Like, I literally think it could have been Lisa or Alexia or Marisol, and she would have had a very similar reaction. However, I do think there is something specifically when it comes to Adriana, where like, that is not the person she's going to reveal anything to. You know, I think Adriana is a little bit of like a, not keep your enemies closer. I don't want to say enemy, but I don't think she trusts her very much. And I know Kiki was also questioning her. And specifically in the recent episodes, Larsa actually was siding with Kiki as opposed to Lisa. But I just feel like regardless, she wouldn't have given us much, but when it was coming from Adriana, there was no way that she was going to show weakness to her. Right. Like I felt like if there were other cast members there, like some of the other women, she would have not like respected them more, but felt more of a need to give a better answer. But she's like, okay, if I'm going to break my silence on this, it's not going to be to Adriana. And I think she's just kind of baseline annoyed with Adriana and knows that this is the shit she pulls. She's seen it time and time again. So I feel like she 
felt like she could just get an easy pass to sort of swat her away. But these are obviously questions that are going to come up. I mean, if they weren't going to come up before, they certainly are now. Wait, you know what I also want to mention, which is, is relevant? When they're at the tequila dinner, and again, it's a group discussion about asking what Michael thinks and and what his mom thinks. And she's like, no, 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 Michael's fine. And like his mom commented hearts on our photo today. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is so 2024. Like, no, everything's good. The mom commented emoji hearts. No, like she responded to my BBM status. So like, we're totally good. By the way, as a total side, Marcus unrelated, that tequila necklace thing was so bold. Like that is the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, as much as there is 0% part of me that can believe this is real. Like that someone is genuinely gifting you a diamond necklace with their tequila logo wanting you, as Kiki said, to be a walking billboard for them. Like I'm so grateful that that is her definition of generosity because we benefit from the content so much. Yeah, this necklace caused a lot of drama. And also then they started getting into it during the episode on social media. Larsa posted the clip and wrote, I work really hard. I gifted my friends diamond necklaces and instead of appreciating the thought, they talked trash. Unbelievable. I'm a giver. What have you ever given me besides BS at Alexia at Kiki? And then Kiki reposted it and wrote, yes, a hard worker like we all are. Yes, a good friend as you keep having to remind us. And then Larsa posted a picture of Kiki wearing the necklace. I think she's walking the streets of New York and wrote, and maybe don't rock my necklace and give credit to another jeweler. That would be nice at Kiki. It's so messy. It's so messy. It's so messy. I think the best line of that back and forth was Kiki saying, you know, and a good friend as you continually remind us. Yeah. That's kind of the the telltale of, not being the best friend. Like if you truly are a great friend, you don't have to constantly remind your friends that you are one. Well, that's just, I think, Larsa's thing. I think she feels the more she says things, the more people believe them about anything she does, being a hard worker, her relationship, her friendships, things that like you're looking at her and you're like, that is not true, but she just keeps like pounding them into you and you're like, okay, okay, sure, it's true, it's true. And I think maybe so far in her life, that's been like a tactic that works and people just... The more you put it out there, the more people believe it. But like these women sometimes just like cut through the bullshit and they're like, Larsa, just because you keep chirping in my ear about it doesn't mean I'm going to start actually internalizing it. Well, this is the most, by the way, that we've seen Alexia kind of, I don't want to say come for Larsa, but in the past, there was more of an alliance. And you see that that's very much fading. Like when- Like she's sick of her shit a little. She's a little bit sick of her shit. And I also think this is when- the show plays a role. I mean, I guess it always plays a role, but as they get more and more into it of like, it's every man for themselves, meaning they're aligning themselves, yes, with what they truly believe. And also like the the idea of what the fans are going to think, it, it, on some level it's in their heads. Yeah. And like, I saw, I saw someone uh, post that interaction between Lars and Alexia and was like, God damn, Lars, so why are you making me side with Alexia here? You know? <laughs> Because I think what we're witnessing is kind of just like a collective frustration with her shit. Right. And like you said, also people watching and being like, oh, Larsa, like what the fans will think about her and being like, no, we're not going to be on the wrong side of history. It totally plays a role. Totally. Also, you know what was nuts? The 
Lisa, Lenny, Jody thing of the house Wait. having those same plans. Okay. I feel like everyone's not talking about that enough. That's like kind of crazy that Lenny just happened to pick from this architect's, I don't know, website, vault, whatever the, whatever. I don't know how that works. And then it happened to be the plans that Jody had specifically designed. And now, I mean, by the way, like talk about handing you a gift. Your ex-husband is offering to build you any house you want for you and your kids to live in. And it happens to be the one that your boyfriend designed. And now he's basically going to get to live in it, quote, not full-time according to the custody agreement, but like basically full-time. Jody's letting Lenny build the house on his dime. No, I completely agree with you. This is not being talked about enough. This is like the ultimate system hack. And by the way, if you're Lisa, it's like, okay, I'm nothing if not consistent. Yeah. Like these two men have the exact same taste. You realize how many builders and architects and houses there are in Miami. And specifically when you're going from the ground up, you can do it in a million different ways. And they just so happen to have the exact same taste. It's actually insane. I mean, listen, say whatever you want about Lenny. He he maybe has an eye for real estate, not necessarily design, but certainly like building and real estate and what will work with a house. I mean, their Star Island house, while not necessarily my taste in interiors, is certainly a work of art and something I can appreciate. So if I was on Watch Happens Live and Andy was doing Plead the Fifth and he said, say three nice things about Lenny Hochstein, one would be, you know, maybe he has a nice bug for real estate. Have you been thinking about that? (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that keeps me awake at night. Yeah, I was going to say. I was, I was going to say that he has nice arms. Okay, let's not get crazy. I'm just saying <laughs> if I had to, I have to imagine Andy would be asking two other questions that I would want to answer less. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like that, you this know? feels like a harmless, you know. Totally. I just, I know this is, you know, just become routine at this point, but the amount that I love Nicole is insane. And when she's sitting there sipping a big cold glass of Sancerre with a white collar button down and a Burberry skirt, looking so beautiful and so rich and so badass. And like, I'm a fucking doctor and I can handle anything and I'm going to just meet my dad's girlfriend and conquer this fear. I literally like that is women's empowerment right there. That is Nicole sitting in that seat is just women supporting women that like you know that makes me just be proud to be on the same planet as her no she is i think she is phenomenal she is i think she is like exceptional across the board and she handled herself with so much grace and elegance and also warmth which i don't think necessarily came naturally like she could have been a complete ice queen to this woman and if wasn't she required to. by the way no not at all i mean and you know, the thing is though, it's so hard to watch this scene and not think about current day, which is like her dad has passed away. Yeah. And I know they had a very complicated relationship. And I, just because someone, you know, has passed away, doesn't rewrite the entire past and your experiences with them. But like, I, I just think it adds so much more complexity to an already really complex relationship. And it's just like, my heart goes out to her because yeah, there was a lot there, but at the end of the day, that's her dad. And I think that there are probably so many different feelings and thoughts and emotions that are just like swirling within her. Yeah. And then also on top of it, like 
now this is all airing on national television. It was probably hard when he was alive to hear the commentary on things that she's been working on in therapy and had thought about her whole life. Then now to hear it while also he has passed away, it, it's probably so complicated. And she's pregnant with her second child. Like it's a, a lot of things going on. If If anyone can handle it, it's for sure her. But I... Again, another reason that I'm so fucking excited for this Miami reunion is like there is not one woman sitting on that couch who I don't have a thousand questions for. And, you know, regardless of even what happens in the season, each of their individual storylines are so interesting that I need I need 10 parts. Like it will never be enough. Yeah. And they all or not all, but most of them have a lot of depth. And that's really enjoyable to watch. I think it's, I really don't think they should touch this cast. I don't know. I was, well, I was seeing some debates online of people feeling like they need to, and I really don't. I think right now it's perfect, especially if they do, which is what everyone wants of like really integrate Kiki more, like make Kiki a full-time housewife. She's so additive to this group. And I think, I don't know, like, I just think it's perfect. Gibson tweeted, That Lisa and Kiki one-on-one is just another example of the Miami cast understanding the importance of conflict resolution to keep things moving forward on these shows. Like, that is something that, of course, if they didn't mean it, they wouldn't do it. They have to be genuine. But they understand that, like, they can't just write people off because they are going to be filming together. They are in a friend group, you know? It's something that, obviously, Vanderpump Rules is so far from. But even, I feel, the Potomac women are not really doing and they're just like okay fine we'll we'll film as two separate groups i feel and fear that that will be the same with jersey like you have to have almost like a sense of urgency that you have to make things right and that that is sort of part of the game unless it's something that's unforgivable you have to coexist and you have to figure it out because you're supposed to be a friend group and that's kind of what friends do and it can't linger on and on and on Okay, so yes, 100%. But also, let's say Kiki had decided that at least for the remainder of that trip, she wanted nothing to do with Lisa. I would have 1000% supported that. Like to me, Lisa did not deserve Kiki coming to her in the way that she did. I think Kiki is like a full class act. Yet, Lisa went so low and I don't want to rehash it. I know we really went into it last week, but Kiki gave her a grace that she didn't necessarily deserve, I felt. Yes, and I do think how quickly they were able to resolve it was like unexpected and really big of Kiki. But I do feel just knowing Kiki, she wants to be on good terms with everyone that it probably would have happened when they got back to Miami anyway. She's such a lover, not a fighter in that way that I think she would just like want to move past it unless, like I said, it was something that was not move pastable. But this, I feel like they, I don't know, she had some understanding. So I just thought that from Gibson's point, it's a good point that you have to have some like, okay, fine, we are going to make up versus like just completely writing people off and making it completely difficult to make a show, which is kind of what everyone's there for at the end of the day. Well, that's why I I really and listen, we haven't seen the season. I who knows, we'll see when it comes out. I cannot imagine that after the season that's about to air of Jersey that there can be another one with the same situation. Like, no. Melissa and Teresa literally do not do not and will not speak. That is 
And by the way, because of that, naturally so much of the conflict is then just centered around that. And I, I'm, I don't see how that's sustainable. I really, really don't. I, I don't either. That's, that's a whole other can of worms that I'm just not prepared to even begin to open until absolutely necessary. No, no, I know. Okay, let us discuss Porsche coming back to Atlanta, which like, holy fuck, our prayers have been answered, and traders. Okay, whoa. I mean, I, where where do we begin? So much. I, okay, hold on. What we have to talk about with Atlanta is in the same week, we get the news that Candy announced on the red carpet of the Grammys is not returning to Atlanta, which, you know, is a really big deal. I I totally support her decision. And I think for her and her career path and the amount of creative endeavors she has going on, like it's completely the right call. However, as you know, a diehard watcher of Atlanta, it is very sad to see her go, but we have that announcement. And then a few days later, Portia Williams coming back. Okay. So I will say this certainly softened the candy blow. I just like don't know Atlanta without candy, but feeling like we have Portia back to give witty, comedic, just amazing narration of what's going on. And also that we get to see like her new life and it's going to be incredible. And I just also loved that she posted a video announcing it on Instagram and Andy commented, told you it was a pause. Like that felt like such a wink towards him and his language and this whole thing that's taken so seriously in the housewives world. I mean, think about Dorinda on Ultimate Girls Trip fighting with Kristen about pause versus being fired. Like it just felt like, okay, everybody relax. Like a pause is a pause as long as it is. And this felt like a perfect pause and a perfect moment for her to hit play and come back. Completely. And I also really feel like I'm I'm not gonna say that. Atlanta needed Portia necessarily because Atlanta has some of the heaviest hitters in the game. Like, you know, Kenya, they don't, they're not making two Kenyas in this world. Like they threw them all the way after they made her, you know, Kenya's one, one of one, one of one fully when it applies to housewives and not even housewives, just as it applies to life. However, I think like Portia is right up there in terms of all time greats. Like, and, and so now we're having a cast with, two of what I would consider in the entire Housewives universe, like the all-time greats. And I just think there is no cast, no show, no situation that does not benefit from Portia. And remember her on Ultimate Girl Strip? Like that was our biggest takeaway from that. It was amazing and would have been amazing no matter what. First of all, Pepsi himself was already a game changer, but like Portia made that show. I think our conclusion was like, no situation is made worse by having Portia there. It only is better. She's such a value add and she's just back where she belongs. And this is just amazing news for the community. Again, the community being us. Thrilled, could not be more grateful. And with that, I would like to move on to discussing one of the other former Atlanta greats, Miss Phaedra Parks, and this wild episode of Traders, which let me just give, spoiler alert, we are discussing Thursday, February 15th episode of Traders. So if you have not yet watched, pause, but like obviously you have if you're listening to this. (music) 
don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on daylight savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. This was an episode that I was hooked. Phone was flipped face down for the entire hour. Okay. Yes, I was glued to my computer. Did not take my eyes off. Also, the fact that I was watching it knowing that immediately after we were getting on here to record always just adds another layer of excitement to me. Like I'm almost happier that we don't have the screeners for it because it's just, we're literally recording five minutes after watching. I have to tell you, there were so many 
like real moments to talk about that were so impactful and powerful and like have so much in terms of the actual game. But for some reason, Kevin, this episode was just killing me. Cause first of all, he so confidently with his entire chest kept referring to poverty as poverty <laughs> and like no one, oh my God. no one corrected him. So that was thing number one. And then second of all, I, I just feel like you as Kevin, there is no way that you think you have it in you to go up against Phaedra motherfucking Parks. And just watching him at that round table, asking her if an eye twitch is something she's dealt with for her entire life. I was like, this is comedic. He really thought he did something there. He had been, I don't know. I think he heard himself trying to come up with that one. Like he is certainly a pretty face, but I think that's where it starts and stops. I, oh, this was such a roller coaster ride because you start the day after the torch lighting with Bergie eliminated. Then everyone is like, you know, so hot on Parvati, 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 Parvati. Then Trishel drops her Phaedra theory. And by the way, she says at the end of the episode, oh, guess I'm ripping up my notebook. And I want to say to her, like, I don't, obviously, because I want Phaedra to stay till the end. I just love her. But I want to say to her, like, Trishel, you're saying that now, but every single thing you said was 100% correct. And that's why this game fucks with you so hard. And then... Poverty trying to plead her case to Peter. It just, I really, there were like a solid 20 minutes when I was like, this, this is it. We're never seeing Phaedra again. She's so out. It's not even funny. And I was really nervous. I'm so glad it didn't go down like that. And I also feel like it's so hard to watch this knowing that, you know, Trishelle's just being gaslit so hard. Meanwhile, like so hard. You are, (laughs) you are so right. One of my favorite moments of the entire episode actually two of my favorite moments were both CT related. Number one, when he finds the shield and he gives it to Trishel or basically asks her if she wants it. Cause I felt like their friendship and their bond suffered a little bit after the torch lighting. And I was so glad for her sake that they had that moment for both of their sakes, but really more so for her sake. And then second of all, at the round table, when he says, listen, it just doesn't feel right in my heart to banish someone who lit my torch you know, like there's no way, which again, you know, that in, in my dream world, CT and Phaedra would be a couple. So I was, I was already loving that, <laughs> but just, it just, I don't know. It's just, I'm really getting, I'm really getting attached to these group dynamics in a way that I did not anticipate. Like I didn't think that at the Scottish castle, I would feel so emotionally invested. And I really am. It's just, again, so funny how wrapped up you get in because when they're talking about who could be a traitor, it's like they also were talking about characteristics of them as a person. Like, oh no, she's too sweet to be a traitor. She's too this, they're too that. And it's like, again, you guys don't remember the only qualifications you need to become a traitor are to be sitting at that round table on the first day and to have a shoulder for Alan to tap on. That is where it starts and where it stops. So it's so funny when they get caught up in those conversations and Oh, oh my God, the ending, they vote her out. She says she's the traitor. Again, also with the Dan theory, such a good point that why would he be a traitor and stick his neck out and say someone who wasn't a traitor was? Like they were so on with that. And the fact that they pivoted, by the way, Kate Chastain, biggest Phaedra Park stand in the entire world, like give it up for Kate. 
I, I, oh my God. I have so many thoughts. I don't even know. I don't even know. You, you go say something. No, <laughs> I know. Like I'm literally nodding aggressively as you're talking because I know I, I'm feeling that same overwhelmed feeling of just like, holy shit, I love this show so much. And I have so many thoughts and also like no thoughts at all because I just want to watch and see what happens. I think that from Phaedra's perspective, really smart choosing Kate because Kate kind of, I mean, one, she already loves Phaedra, but second of all, she's kind of flying under the radar in terms of no one suspecting her to be a traitor, at least at this moment. I feel like there's almost this thing in everyone's mind that counts her out because she joined late. Like it's a mental block of like, oh, she wasn't there during the initial traitor's picking she probably isn't a traitor and also because she's like a veteran in a way that she's also giving them advice like she weirdly is in this mentor role that it feels like oh wait you're actually in this exact same game with us you're not just like you know the sorority big sister who's here to kind of teach us the ropes like you are in it equally as everybody else so that was a really smart move on Phaedra's part and I also was so happy that they made the rule you know, either they accept or they have to be murdered because like, obviously whoever gets it, it's going to accept. There was a moment I thought she was going to pick Peter. And I would have been so curious to see like how serious you're taking this. Like you're going to be out of the game instead of going against your friends. And I was just, you know, hoping for that little twist. But I think the Kate was a really smart move and like has set us up for a whole, you know, another incredible restart to this game. Like just as you think you're in it now we're, we're starting from scratch. So, okay. I, I agree that I think Kate was like a, a smart and I don't know if safe is the right word, but you know, definitely a a solid, solid, yes. Solid choice. If you were asking me who I would have wanted, it actually wasn't Peter because I can't do He's There's too much emotions involved there. I wanted either Trishel or CT. And I swear I didn't just want CT so that him and Phaedra would be like alone in the turret. <laughs> it's okay. I believe you. Like, I believe you. Yeah. And no, but like, I don't know. I thought Trishel would have been such a call. Yeah. Oh, interesting though. Cause she would have had a shield. No, I still think that would have applied. Right. Oh, you're saying like, would she have had to take the murder if she didn't agree? Right. No, I think, I think, I think her shield would have gone, um, like it would have been voided, but. Again, like who's to say, you know, it could have been a made up rule. Like I I know people were DMing us like, no, you guys, there are real rules and there are a lot of like threads with the challenges and stuff. It all still feels a little made up. Like they're all just kind of making it up as they go. And I am so not mad about it. Oh my God. I'm so here for that. That is exactly the type of rule making that I thrive on. And also like if I am being my most honest, and I know I kind of alluded to this last week, but I really came to terms with it this week when he said to Phaedra, like, it just doesn't sit right in my heart to vote someone out who lit my torch. Part of the reason, not a, not a big reason, like I love this show no matter what, but I'm telling you right now, part of the reason is because it is hitting this certain piece of nostalgia within me of like, I was so into CT on the challenge. Like he was my crush when, I guess I was in high school when that came out. Like there was just something that was so rugged about him. And I'm really getting back in touch with that. It's so weird. It's like the same time that I was into him. I think that was when I was into like Polly D on Jersey Shore. Like we're talking way, I'm talking years and years ago. Okay. Or like 13 years ago. This tracks. I don't know what was happening, but like, I'm like, wow, I'm, I 
my feelings for him are still a little bit there. Every time you say light my torch, I'm like, oh, that's kind of sexy. Like, I really am into that. (laughs) It's very sexy. (laughs) Also, I need you guys to know, this is how into it I was watching the show tonight. On my phone, on my notes app, I was taking score as they were voting. Like Alan giving me the updates during the roundtable wasn't enough. I was literally keeping score and counting how many votes for Parvati and how many votes for Phaedra so I could really know exactly like where we were standing and when it was going to come down to it. I was literally doing Alan Cummings' job. No, this this outline is scientific. <laughs> and by the way, she she was watching the episode in the car on her way back from dinner. Yeah, true. So my family, <laughs> my family was like talking all around me, and I think they just heard a lot of like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Like I was like, "Are you guys seeing this?" And they're like, "What are you fucking I talking know. about?" That's how I feel, and Julie does. It. She's not in on it. That's why I'm so excited for you to get here tomorrow. Because like, I was sitting there with her. I'm like, I want you to care. I wish we watched it together. Maybe like the finale, we'll watch together because that will be fun. Yes, would love. I'm I'm already there. Ah. Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically, when I'm buying something or paying for a service... I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, so full transparency, I always try when we do any of these recaps. Recap is a loose term, so we're not recapping. We're kind of just giving our thoughts at this point. But like, I really try to go into it with optimism and positivity. Because I think about like, if I was listening to a podcast, who wants to listen to two hosts just like talk about how much they aren't enjoying a show? So with that being said, I, 
I have to be honest and like, I am feeling very concerned for the remainder of this season of Vanderpump because my thoughts from the premiere have only continued of like, I don't know if it's a me thing or if it's a them thing, but I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling fatigued by it. I certainly don't think it's a you thing. I think that's kind of a popular opinion I've been seeing people say. I'd love, again, for you guys to DM us. Actually, yes, if you're not really enjoying it, but if you are enjoying it, like what about it is carrying you? Because like I said, I think it feels a little bit old and dated at this point. It's all old news. I think it feels super overproduced and, you know, duh, but also in a way that's like Sheena walking to the bathroom and it's Sandoval being like, Sheena, hey, didn't see you there. Or how there's like a table set up in the back of Sir for them to go outside and kind of hash things out when none of them work at Sir and there's no reason for there to be a big table with lights out there. You know, it's trying to recreate the magic of the old days where they'd like smoke a cigarette in the back alley and cry. And I get it. You can't recapture that. But I think what we also forget is that up until Scandival last season, we were worried about this show. We were like, where does it go from here? It's kind of boring. Like, you know, they're all kind of mature and grown up. They don't work at the restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. So Scandival happened. That was the greatest gift that fell into their and our laps. But now we're almost back there. And the only thing that they can and will talk about is Scandival and the fallout from that. And it's like, okay, so the basis is still lacking, but we're talking about this, something I think they feel everyone's interested in, but the things we're interested in aren't aren't happening on the screen. I, I don't really know. And the personal storylines are all things we know. And I really, it's not even a scandal thing. I literally blame it on social media and the podcast that we're so able with this cast most specifically, to keep up with them every single day on what's going on that by the time they bring it to a show, it doesn't translate. It's boring, it's old, and it's like we get so much more, so much deeper, so much funnier on the other platforms. Like The show feels like an outdated medium for them to be using. I know, and it's it's a hard reality for me to wrap my head around because I really... Like, I really care about all of them, you know? Like, I feel Same. like we've been on this journey with them for so many years. And even the ones that I'm not the most fond of as people, like, I still root for, I still care about, you know? And and this week when Sandoval says to Lisa that, you know, he was in a really dark place, like, I I completely understand and respect Lisa's reaction of, like, you don't have to agree with what he did to, of course, like feel for him and have a sense of compassion and humanity for him and like literally value his life. I mean, we're, you know, that those are the moments where you have to take a step back of like, okay, this was a very fucked up situation. And also we are talking about like someone's mental state here. Like get a grip almost. Yeah. Like everyone just like take a, take a step back here. Like that is the most important thing ever, you know? Right. I'm just feeling a little bit concerned. That's all. Again, because what we were saying, the point that you were making about Gibson's tweet regarding the Miami women, like, listen, at a certain point, you kind of have to learn to coexist. Like I totally get in real life, if you're Ariana or any of them, like wanting to have absolutely nothing to do with Sandoval. And maybe if you're Ariana also by an extension of that Schwartz, like fully, and I don't think that she should have to, but on the show, it's kind of like, okay, what do we do here? I feel like so far what we've really gotten is a lot of Schwartz just like running around trying to 
keep a friendship with Sandoval while also proving that he doesn't agree with what he did and also trying to be like this weird bridge with the group and still be friends with the girls and them all be like, we don't really want to be friends with you. It's really Schwartz and Sheena doing that, trying to find this balance between the two and like where they fit in now after this huge line has been drawn in the sand. I mean, look, when you look at the trailer, like there are things I'm so curious about, about this alleged Schwartz and Sheena make out that happened or this day on the beach where Ariana and Tom are both there. Like we have yet to see them except when they're tiptoeing around their house in the same circumstance. Like they're both at the same restaurant, but they're not even in the same room because that's kind of the boundary she set, which is fine. But like, I don't know. I, I almost... I, I need to see it happen. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Just give us the personal storylines. Like I always think, this isn't even Vanderpump specific. I think Housewives too. The producers and even the women think that we're all less interested in the individual storylines than we really are. Like I could watch a full episode of all of these Housewives franchises just following each woman on their like day to day and what's going on in their life. And maybe skip some group scenes. That's okay with me. Maybe skip some fake drama. I'm okay with that. And I think that that goes back to the root of like the original housewives that we really fell in love with. Okay. So I so feel the same way. Like I could watch any of them, even when it's not an overly extravagant activity, like even if it's not real estate shopping or, or, you know, diamond shopping or whatever it is, like I can pretty much just watch them exist because that's one of the biggest draws of reality TV for me. Like just watching people in their natural habitat. I do think though, just fourth wall down for a second, like from the perspective of having a podcast, that's that's when it becomes a little bit more difficult. It's so you want that like really, even if it's not overly intense drama, just like the group dynamics is is so much better to kind of analyze. Whereas like I could fully watch them do whatever, but like I don't have so much to say about it necessarily. <laughs> or I do have a lot to say about it, but not that anyone would care. Okay. So like perhaps it would put us out of business, but it would it would right. make my viewing experience better. So like, you know, if we're picking here, like maybe I'll just find a new job, <laughs> but like <laughs> it will really, it will make me more interested in my shows. So like, who's the real winner? Well, as long as there's traders, we have, we have a job. We'll always have traders. Yeah. We'll always have traders. Wait, also Beverly Hills wise, that conversation with Kyle and Mauricio was wild. I'm actually to a point where I don't even think I can talk about it because like what they, Kyle does not, they don't even know how to speak to each other. It is two strangers like on a bad first date. I know. And I actually think the lack of familiarity is something that is also striking a chord with her. Like, I don't think that if you said that to her, she would think that you were crazy for saying it. I think she would say, yeah, I I feel as though even being married for 27 years and knowing each other so well, that it's almost like we don't know each other. You know, like, I don't think she said those exact words. Oh, I do. No, I'm saying on the show. Oh, no. I don't think she said that those exact words. She talks a lot about how them both being so busy, which by the way, I think is a hundred percent real. Like it is factually the busiest they've both ever been during the time that they've been married. Like, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but I also think it's like a lack of understanding how to effectively communicate. And when maybe he had the, the wrong word choice when he said that therapy was fun. I don't think it's like something, I don't, I don't think that's terrible. I think it's so much better than the alternative of like, no, I hate it. I I never want to express my emotions. And like, I hate that you're doing it. Like I'd, I'd rather have someone lean in, but 
to me, the, the, the real takeaway there was like, oh, so you guys can both acknowledge that a facilitator is necessary in order to encourage communication because on your own, it's not, it's not going so well. I also think Mauricio would say like, I am speaking to Kyle, like factually the exact same way or calling her doing things that I have, you know, become so used to doing for all these years. And it's, it's not the same person on the other end. And also I find I'm doing it so like almost cautious, like consciously that it's not, nothing's natural. Nothing's happening. Nothing's natural. It's not the same two people. And look, yeah, the busy thing is probably an aspect of it, but like these two people who were madly in love were an institution are not breaking up because his business is too successful and she has too many things they want to do. They are in a position in life where like they're just basically saying we want to spend more time together, but that's they don't. They they don't they can't even speak when they're sitting at the bar in their own house enjoying a night in. Like they that's not the issue clearly. And they're in a position where if they were still in love and still the Kyle and Mauricio that we knew who were such a solid in love couple, they were both thriving in their careers. She would fly to Portugal to be with him for a week and then say, okay, I have to fly home on the jet and film my show. And then we'll meet up and go on the yacht for two weeks. Like, I'm sorry. Like these are just not, I get, yeah, being apart is like, hard and priorities and whatever, but they're both so encouraging of each other's careers. It's at a certain point, like you're saying the problem is how much you miss each other, but then when you're together, you can't even make eye contact. Like, I'm sorry, the math is not mathing. When I say this, I I really want to be very clear in that like there's not 1% of me that is blaming Kyle at all. But I think that if you're saying like, who kind of changed more or like who's um, forget about change more. Maybe that's the wrong way to put it. Whose barometer for happiness change more? By the way, I think that's a great thing. Like getting more in touch with what makes you authentically happy is like a, a beautiful part of life and evolution. Like it's probably Kyle. Meaning, I think that if you're Mauricio, you feel like you've kind of stayed the same, and it's it's Kyle who has evolved and transformed. Which again, me as like a fan of hers, I'm I love that for her. I think that in the wake of such a tragedy, like losing her best friend to, you know, really try to get in touch with like living her, her truest life is, is beautiful and special. And I want that for her. But I think that's also part of what we're seeing. Like you said, like Mauricio is interacting with her in the same way he always has. And it's just, it's now not landing. Right. And so I think there's also a little bit of confusion or disorientation that's coming from that, but not just to be very clear. I don't mean that at all negatively towards Kyle. No, same. I I think they need to split up. She, she's clearly a different person, has different needs. At this point, he probably does too, or different things that she isn't able to give. Like it's just, it's almost so uncomfortable to watch them try and make it work that I I can't believe that they're still pushing this. Like we're gonna make it work. We love each other. We're just separated, amicable. It's like I I never thought I'd say this, but I almost want her to just cut the cord at this point. It seems more painful. And I think for their daughters, and it it would almost like close the loop in a way of like just finally letting it go might bring the comfort back where they could be really good friends and like still like go skiing and hang out with their daughters and whatever. But like this fake pretending, it's just, it's not happening. And it's, I feel really sad watching it because they're unrecognizable. And I think that they both know it too. And Mauricio is almost pretending like, oh, this is my wife. She's my wife. Like, yeah, she's the same physical being standing in front of you, but it's just not, you know, it's not. And I think Kyle would say that too. It's not a bad thing. 
Yeah, it's no, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just factually what's going on. It's very, it's very interesting to watch. And I actually, I, I'm really grateful that they're letting us in in this way. I mean, what, what we saw in the preview was like a, what looks like a really emotional conversation between them and their daughters. They didn't have to film that. No, I mean, I guess when you've come this far, it's like you have to let them in on the the big final moment. You know, we've been there for everything, but that is certainly not a decision that they probably took lightly. And I can only imagine how their daughters feel. Totally. How do you feel about Erica? The ending with this article and her feeling like she needed that apology feeling from the friends. I was like so into Erica this season. Soon. Same, sorry. same. Sorry, it's an Erica Renaissance. Like I don't know what to tell you. I am loving every second of it. I just think she is. You know, it's really fun watching Erica when she doesn't feel like so backed up against the wall because the the mean streak isn't there. Yeah, and it's very. It's like just her fun self, who like also is a total straight shooter and says some really out of pocket things and like certainly doesn't have the most warmth in the room, but you know what? That's the same Erica that we saw in the beginning seasons. And now she's just far more independent than she ever was. And far more, I think, not that authentic because she was always authentic, but like everything has been stripped, right? So like we are getting to the core of her because, you know, the, the allure of like Erica Jane and Erica Girardi, meaning like Tom Girardi's wife and the, the wealth or the perceived wealth that came with that added to this entire like image. And now we have just, there's no more Erica Girardi in this. Dare I say relatable? Right. Like, wait, you're trying on this million dollar ring and you're just going to put it back? Like, yeah, that's exactly what we would have done. Didn't know it did that. Right. Did not know it did that. Like I, and by the way, I want her to get to a point where she can buy those rings. Like it's nothing again with her own money. Like good for her. I want all that for her if that's what she wants for herself. But yes, there is a piece of her that's just so, and like doing so in a way that feels really uh, like she's along for the ride of her own life, not in a way that feels resentful. No, she's able to almost laugh about it now, which I think is like healthy. I mean, obviously not laugh about like the victims and stuff, but almost just embrace this period she's going through instead of, like you said, being defensive about like, no, I still have money and I'm still this and I'm still that. She's like, yeah, I live in a one bedroom house and I'm okay with that. I can't afford the diamonds. Like we've never seen that side of her. And I felt tonight it was reflected a lot when she really came from a place of like emotion, you know, telling them that she didn't feel supported and it wasn't at all attacking of them. And it was more about like how she feels. And I think a lot of therapy and also a lot of reflection and also a deep care for the other women in the group brought her to that moment. And like, yeah, maybe some of them didn't agree. I just think seeing that side of Erica at all was so important to her position in the group and also like her narrative. Yeah, no, no, no. I I feel the exact same way. I also think if you're Anna Marie, who had like a pretty rough start to the season, this was a very redeeming party. For sure. Like this was a party that Kyle Richards walked into and is feeling very impressed by. You got, you know, not, not doing so bad. Kyle saying it's over the top is like, okay, she's holding a turquoise crocodile Birkin and like has 600 person parties every Halloween for her daughter. Like you did something right. Yeah. She, no, I thought she killed it. I love it. Are you kidding me? I loved the diamond ice sculpture. That was a lot of charcuterie and a waffle bar I and know. diamonds. It was like, it was great. It looked like a party we would thoroughly enjoy. 
thoroughly enjoy. And I liked the the conversation with Crystal. And I, I me too. I just like really liked this episode. I I like the Beverly Hills women more when they're not fighting. I decided. Yeah, me too. Because they want to have fun, and again, most of them are like genuinely friends, so it feels fun to watch them have fun. Yes, absolutely. Also, give me any any scene with Garcelle and her kids. You know, I love that. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't love that? And I just want to say, I know we didn't get so much into it this week, but like, there is trouble in paradise with Dorit and PK, and I'm not saying that they're gonna divorce necessarily, but I think it would be just factually inaccurate to say that like everything is totally good at home. It's not. He's very annoyed by her and she's feeling very not seen by him. I I feel like they're having a little Kyle and Mauricio light where she's changed a little, he's maybe changed a little, and they're just now like a little bit on not the same pages of like how different that things are. And I don't know, that will be something certainly to track and like perhaps they go on the Kyle Mauricio route or Perhaps they figure it out. Again, I say I love to read on the show. I love her as a housewife. I love everything she's become. But that there is a moment where I think she'll have to choose, like, do I continue on the show and like caring about all of this stuff so heavily that it's become my entire personality? Or do I leave to save my marriage and kind of take a step back from the spotlight? Honestly, that's what I feel. Can I tell you my hot take? She'll stay. Definitely, yes. And also... I don't think PK wants her walking away from the housewife salary. You're right. I swear. I don't think they have like Kyle Mauricio money, Sutton money. Like I think that Dorit's- No, no. But you know, I don't know how much Dorit makes, but let's say it's what, $750, a million a season, $750. Like I think that is a very substantial amount of income at the, for them right now. Well, then there's your pickle because she's bringing home this money. She's getting deeper and deeper in. and. He's not liking what he's seeing and she's feeling like she's disconnected from her husband. So that's how we've landed where we are today. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a time. What a time. Crazy week. Crazy Larsa Marcus Porsche candy. Just a lot of things happening. So grateful to have a podcast. So grateful to have a podcast with my two favorite people ever. And love you guys so much. Anything else you want to add? No. Can't wait to hear what we say next week. I'm so curious what happens on everything. I I know. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and letting us do this and we'll see you next week. 